0: Life's a Mitch. G'day guys welcome back to episode 39 of Life's a Mitch podcast. Last week I spoke to Emily Duncan on that sealed section podcast and we spoke all things consent sexology and all funny times of my some of my dating fails it's been ridiculous and um, so this week we go to my secondary place of residence. We're going back to the northern hemisphere, back to England. And uh the next guest is another one from that matchmaker.fm. And I keep getting the same jokes. No, it's not a dating app, so just relax, guys, by all means. <laughs> so can I please get you to introduce yourself and tell us why you why you contacted a little old me, please?
1: Right. So my name is Kay Suther I'm based in the UK. I'm in London. Um, I've created a company called Uncensored Society. Um, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a little while. But the reason why I contacted you was really because what I have found is that there's so many people out there that want to start a business, have a passion for something, or, you know, with this pandemic, they've lost their job. They're in, you know, a place of misery, don't know what to do, how to get out of it. And I really want to tell people and inspire people about my story because I'm telling you, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, and when there's been downs, there's been some serious downs. I mean, at one point, I was even homeless in a foreign country. So, and again, I'm going to speak to you about what happened there as well. Oh, I, uh, like,
0: I like how you just, I introduced, you, you take the lead. That's all good. By all means, tell us, tell us,
1: tell
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> it's covered life's okay today, so go for it. <laughs>
1: So, okay, let me take the story back a bit, right? So, when I was in my 20s, I was going from job to job to job to job to job, right? And each one being completely different to the one I had before. So, I went from working in Magistrates Court to then becoming an interpreter for sign language and working with um deaf youths. And that's a, then That's
0: quite the change. Wow.
1: Tell me about it. And then Um, I went on doing voiceovers for children's books. What? Then I became a hairdresser. Then I became an esthetician. Then I became an MMA fighter. And then I became a police officer. And the the list goes on. There's so much more in between, right? And so what I kind of realized was that, and you don't know it at the time, is when I'm reflecting back and I'm like, I had no idea what it was that I wanted to do. No clue. When people ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be rich, right? I don't know how I'm going to get there, what I'm going to be doing, but that's my goal. And so I had so many people, friends and family telling me that, you know what? You need to figure this out. You need to do a job. And coming from an Indian background, it was either being a doctor, an accountant or a lawyer, right? That's what my parents, most Indian parents want their kids to be and so I was like hold on a second no and I realized that I used to go against the grain all the time (laughs) (laughs) yes tell me about oh my god (laughs) like there's so many stories about that too but um every time someone told me what I should be doing because I'm an Indian girl and how I should be living I was like right I'm gonna use that fire because that stung that stung when people tell me that you know, I should be living a certain way because I'm a girl and I'm Indian. I'm like, oh hell no, I had to go out <laughs> of my way and prove them wrong.
0: What do you think it what do you think it was? The fact that people so I'm assuming, you know, friends, family members, those around you at school, perhaps, or whoever. Why do you think that was? Because you were of a different ethnicity, or what 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 do you think that was?
1: No, I guess it's just a society and culture, right? Okay. That we're so programmed that you go to school, you go to college, you go to uni, you find a job, you get married, you move out, you have kids, and then you die, right? <laughs> like that's I, what we're That's for.
0: certainly not the way I'm going to be doing things. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm similar to you. Like I've done a, a different smorgasbord of things like mining, civil construction, retails, in childcare for a while. I was in, I was a lollipop man for a while, and then you know, which is like the stop-go bats. And all the while the one consistent thing I've held on to is the fact that I'm an absolute dickhead. So I'm just cruising through <laughs> Lord of all puns. I'm an international I'm pun. I'm sure real.
1: that's not true at all.
0: Oh, in a good so if you're Australian, it's a it's it's a popular misconception. Is if if I'm self-deprecating, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I just made you laugh because of it. So therefore I deem right. it as a success.
1: Gotcha. Okay, I see. So 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 figuring that out and trying to kind of, you know, realize what is my passion? Why am I here? What, what, what should I be doing? And so I got to a point where the very last corporate nine to five job I had was the police officer role. And I remember one day waking up one morning, it was a normal morning, jumped in the shower. As soon as the hot water touched my skin it just started burning. So I jumped out, ran straight to the mirror and found out my entire body came out in a rash overnight. No idea what happened. I went to bed the night before perfectly fine. And so I called up my friend whose mom is a nurse and I told her what had happened. And she was like, you need to get to the hospital now. So I was like, well, what's going on? Why? And she was like, just get to the hospital now. So I went to the hospital, had all these tests done. And I remember waiting in the consultation room for my doctor to come in to give me my results. And he said to me, he walked in and looked straight at me and he goes, you were lucky you got here when you did. And what I'm was- like, what, what are you talking about? What's going on? And he was like, if you didn't get here when you did, your throat would have closed up.
0: Were you having a, uh, an allergic reaction or something?
1: So get this, I'm coming to that point. And so I said to him, like, how did this happen? What do you mean? Like, when he told me my throat would have closed up, I was like, hold on a second. What if my throat closed up while I was asleep? I would never have woken up the next morning. And so I proceeded to ask him, okay, how did this happen? What's going on? How can I prevent this from happening again? And he goes, this form of rash is very common when your body is overly stressed. So I didn't realize how much turmoil my body was going through mentally, emotionally, physically, by being in this particular role because as you know being a police officer i mean is never anything good no the the best thing that could ever happen is catching a bad guy and even that's not really good right
0: (laughs) i know a few police officers in my life and the one common conception is is that they've all left their time now some lasted longer than others but it's the one thing it's the it's the it's the stuff you bring home. It's the invisible battle that you have to fight. Um, you know the stress of the job, the threats, the, the 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 really sinister things that they would have had to have seen. My uncle's friend is a forensic police investigator, and he's had to develop a warped sense of humour because of it. Was it similar for you? Right.
1: Okay. Um- I don't know if it was so much as a warped sense of humour, but it was more of the fact that I was like, holy crap, what I see on TV actually happens in real life. Yeah. Right? It's not make-believe. And But what I realised is that seeing all this negative and all this stuff that was going around me, it made me appreciate the good even more. That's good. When I stepped out of that role, I was more appreciative of what I've had. I mean, I've been into houses where, you know, there's been people that have been on crack and like, they sell their the furniture just to get their hands on money so they can go and buy, you know, something that's going to kind of trigger them for a little while. And I was like, wow, how can anyone be living like this? You know, and it stinks. It's awful. It's just, like, rubbish everywhere. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, just me having a clean bed to sleep on in a safe place with a roof over my head, like, I'm so appreciative of that. I don't have to worry about anything. Having clean water... Like all of those little things, I was just so much more appreciative when I saw how other people were living. Fair enough. And so what had happened is I decided to quit my job as a police officer. I was like, well, I can't be doing this any longer because my life is now on the line. And so I quit my job and I was like, right, no idea what I was going to do. No plan B. I didn't expect this to happen. So I was like, okay, I've got enough money in the bank to last me six months to figure this out. And then just like most people, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could be my own boss? Again, not knowing what kind of business I want to build, what kind of products or service, none of that. This is where my entrepreneurial journey really started. Cool. So I was like, okay, let's get into the business and find out what's going on here. Um, and it was so funny. Like, the minute I quit my role as a police officer, all of a sudden these doors of opportunity just started opening up out of nowhere. And I'm like, holy crap, why couldn't anyone just tell me this is what I needed to do or wasn't it years ago, right? What's,
0: what sort of opportunities arose for you?
1: Right. So I remember a friend of mine, she was in a uh, live events and she said to me, Oh yeah, we're having this event down London. Why don't you come down? And I was like, look, so this my last day at work. I've quit my job. I'm not in a mood. Don't want to do it. Um, I don't want to come down. And she goes, look, just come down. You might like it. If you don't then you can leave. So I was like, okay, fair enough. And I went down there and it was not my scene. There were like people suited and booted bankers, accountants and all this. And I was like, Oh, so I did what most people do at these events. I went straight to the bar and ordered a drink. Right? You, sound,
0: you sound Australian. Good on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I sat there at the bar um, and I had this guy come over to me and start talking to me. And it was weird because initially I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Another chat line. Right. <laughs> but he was saying to, he was asking me things like, you know, what kind of work experience do you have? What's your qualifications? Um, What career do you want to go down? I'm like, okay, this is a really weird chat line. And so I said to him, I'm asking all these questions, and I was like, who are you? And he goes, I think you will be awesome on my team as a campaign manager. I work for Parliament. (laughs) I know, and I was like, uh, um, okay. And he was one of um, the members of Parliament. And during this time is when the London elections were going down. So, I started working for Liberal Democrat as a campaign manager. No experience, no qualification, just learnt on the job. Yeah. But what I learned very quickly was that there's a lot more criminals in politics than there are in prisons. Yeah. And so, if I didn't last very long as a police officer, there's no way I'm going to last any longer in politics. And so, I quit that after a couple of months.
0: Do you know what uh, pickup line I would have used on you if I was What's at the. That? I would ask you, can you tell me how much a polar bear weighs?
1: Well, I don't know how
0: much a polar bear weighs. Enough to break the ice. Hey, I'm Mitch. How you doing? <laughs> would that have worked?
1: Oh, nice one. I have a feeling you've probably got a few of those up your sleeve.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't call me the Mitch for no reason, you know. No, <laughs> Smooth as my bald head and uh, people are good at feeling sorry for me. So it's all in there. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you quit <laughs> Politics. What a what a segue.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I quit my role in politics and then all of a sudden I got this call a week later. Now, before I tell you what happens next, I do need to tell you that my I decided that I wanted to go down the route of you know being in live events, working at live events, um, and just being around people that are just so positive. Um and just wanting to just be there and learn and just speak to people and, you know, have that camaraderie. And so I was like, live events is definitely something that I want to go down. Again, I was like, I have no qualifications in events. I have no experience. And people were telling me, you're living in a, in a daydream. Like, no one's going to hire you. It's never going to happen. You don't have qualifications. You don't have any experience. Why would anyone hire you?
0: Yeah, but that that right there is like, <laughs> everyone's got this popular concept and like, oh, you don't have the qualifications i mean like you know if i'm working for myself and i see a young guy who's e- or a young woman who's eager to get a start as opposed to someone who's overqualified who thinks that like they're as smug as i'm taking the person without the qualification because they want to be there every time
1: i know this i know this and i can tell you this from experience that my va chester is ex- is, ha- is that's exactly how i hired him he has no experience no qualification as a va Right. He wants to learn. He's learning on the job. And he's one of the best VAs I've ever had.
0: So we've got to give a shout out to Chester. He uh, helped set this thing up today. So good on you. Thank you for setting this up.
1: Yeah, Chester. Oh, my God. He is amazing. Thank you, sir. Um, so I totally agree with that. Uh, I, yeah, definitely. Um, and that's how you get the best out of your team as well. Right. Especially yeah. supporting them and, you know, being a leader. See, one of the main things that I've learned about in the corporate world and in the business world is in, in the corporate world, you have bosses, but in business world, you have leaders, right? Huge difference. And so, anyway, like I was saying about these live events, God, you keep just dragging me away from this conversation, don't you, Mitch?
0: Well, you know, the idea is about storytelling, but you said to me before we started recording, you said, I go on tangents, so... I'm just here to uh, make sure that the the heart rate monitor just continues to keep, continue on. These are your words, not mine. So <laughs>
1: yeah, they were, they were my words. I'm just,
0: uh, I'm just following your leadership skills. <laughs> 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 oh, oh I'm God. on fire tonight. It's, it's nearly midnight. Uh, for everyone out there listening, it's nearly midnight here, and I just had some lemon and herb tea. I'm on fire right now. It's fantastic. It
1: lemon and herb. What kind of herbs was
0: that, huh? Uh, well, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> the legal type, anyway.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. So okay, let's get back on track, Mitch. <laughs> back
0: to, now we're back, now back to Lysa K.
1: And so um, I remember I received this phone call a week later um, and this phone call was that they wanted me to be the first one they hired in their event sector. So this company, big company, it was a US company, international. And they were like, we want to hire you. You're going to be the first person. We, we want you to help us grow the events department. And I was like, holy crap well, i don't have no qualifications and anything like that and they're like that's fine you can learn on the job like, that's perfectly okay and i'm like all right perfect and they were like okay so what are you doing in two days i'm like oh, i don't have anything planned and they were like okay great you need to pack your bags because your first event is going to be in malaysia and you're wanted there in two days i'm like okay I was like, what about accommodation flights? So they're like, don't worry about it. The company's paying for all of that. You just got to make sure you're on the plane. So I was then for many, many years working in the events industry, flying from country to city all over the world. And the great thing about this is that the events that they actually held were business events. So I had these gurus, these experts speaking on stages, talking about business. And now I was sitting in the back of the room and just, being a sponge and just soaking up all this information and so this is what I really learned about real life business and what's really funny is that when I was in college I actually studied business but it's nothing like the real world right and that's another that's another topic the education system does not prepare anyone for the real life um, events right don't teach them about proper business because it's completely different and so uh, yeah, so I started learning about all of this stuff and business and marketing and sales, and from having no experience in events, I then became the events manager. And then after I became the events manager, I was like, okay, I want to learn how to do sales. Started doing back of room sales. Um, did low ticket. Gradually grew, grew up to do um the high ticket offers, and then it eventually became the number one salesperson in the company. And so I remember- what, did you, myself, what do you
0: put that down to? Just hard work and learning as you're going as well? Or what do you put that down to being successful in that role? Do you think? So
1: it was hard work. It was reading books. it's being coached by the right people. I had um, my supervisor who was um, known for teaching people sales and training them. So I was just like, okay, I need help with this. What do I do if this happens? And he was coaching me. I was listening. And it's really funny because he was saying to me, he goes, out of everyone in the department, you're the only one that actually asks me questions. So I'm like, yeah, because I want to learn. I'm not from this industry. I don't have the background. I need to learn. Ooh. And he goes to me, but most people that have been in this industry for 20, 30 years, they're like, they don't even know half the stuff that you know. How did you do it? And I was like, because like I said, I'm not from this industry and I was open to be trained and learn something new. And I didn't let my ego get in the way. So he was like, that's interesting. I go, because what I've identified is that everyone else in the department keeps comparing this company to other company. Oh, we used to do it this way in this company. Why don't we get this? We used to get this in this company. What? Why do we only get this percentage? There was just co- constant complaints. And so I said to him, I wasn't about that. I was about learning what I need to do in events, what I need to do in sales. Uh, you know, And I was just soaking that all up. Okay, so what happened to ask those questions? So you
0: you become big ticket. Uh, what happened then after that?
1: And so I started doing big ticket sales, and then the CEO decided that he was going to open up a resort. This resort was gonna be for the mastermind events that he was gonna hold for people that were paying like 60k and above for his program,
0: as in the mastermind TV show.
1: No, 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 it was a mastermind event.
0: Oh, sorry, I've got a story about the Mastermind TV show after, you, after you've after done
1: that. Ah, okay. Um, so Mastermind event, and he asked me if I would go down to Costa Rica and help the team set this up. So I said, okay, and yeah, no worries. How long do you want to be there? Was like, as long as you can. So I was like, let me see how I'll go for like a month or so. And then after that, if I like it, I'll stay. If not, then I'll just fly back down. Um, so I went there. It was freaking awesome. Like, Again, apartments being paid for, food and drink is being paid for. I had a chauffeur from my apartment to take me to the resort. Like It couldn't get any better. They paid for my flights there. And I was there for three weeks and then the company shut down.
0: Oh, bummer. Oh, no.
1: Right. The company shut down, which means I was then evicted because now the company no longer paid for my apartment. I had no food or water and now I'm homeless in a foreign country. You fly, I don't even speak.
0: Couldn't you organize to fly yourself home or what happened there?
1: Because my flight wasn't, um, organized to go back until a month or two later, okay? Right? So I was like, Holy crap, what do I do? So I decided that I was gonna, yeah, see if I can get an earlier flight. They were telling me, Okay, it's gonna be 500 pounds or dollars, whatever it was at the time that to change it, it's gonna be 200. I'm like, Okay. I don't even have that right now because all of our accounts got shut down because of the whole company shutting down, right? So now I don't have no money either. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And it's so funny because I remember when when it hit and I realized the situation I'm in and I saw my other team members like pulling out their hairs, frustrated, like crying, didn't know what they were going to do how to get the situation I couldn't help but just sit there and laugh. Like, I was just laughing at this ridiculous situation that I'm now in. And it just happened in the click of a finger. But what was really, um, well, what really hit home for me, I was like, hold on a second. When you think about all these Tony Robbins of the world, the Les Browns of the world, they were all homeless at one point. And now they've become multi millionaires. So in my mind, I was like, holy crap, I'm homeless. That means I'm going to be a millionaire right? So I'm like, I'm clearly on the right track. <laughs> and so, again, what I realized is because I didn't let the negative emotions get in the way of my vision um, or distract me in any way, I was able to think outside the box and gain a different perspective and get creative. So, what I decided to do, I was like, okay, it looks like I'm going to be stuck here for a little while. I knew it was temporary, it wasn't going to be permanent. So, I decided to go back to the resort manager who was also pulling out her hair because now she's got a team of people she has to pay, bills to pay and no money coming through. So I said to her, I can do this for you. I can bring in clients to the resort because I know sales. I know marketing. I know how to promote. I know how to do all that stuff because I learned through the events that I was at and I learned through these experts and gurus that were talking on stage. There was so much information there. And over the years, I just learned how to do all this. Okay. And so I showed her how to do it. I was teaching her how to do it because I wasn't going to be there permanently. I was like, no, not the way things have gone down. I am going to find a way out. And I said to her, that I can help you bring clients in so you can actually pay your bills. However, I need a roof over my head. I need food and I need water. That's all I'm asking in return. And so because she realizes how many thousand dollars this would actually cost if they got a coach, she jumped at it. And so I was doing that for a little while. Um, and then I started going to different restaurants um, and, you know, the different places on the resort itself and doing the same thing and decided that this is the way I was going to raise the money so then I can then get a flight and change my flight and then come home. So that's what I did.
0: There you go. One way to escape Costa Rica is to spread the good word. Costa, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> What's the cost of this? I'm oh out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oof. Stop dropping an old K. You're on fire. Oof. <laughs> I love it okay so back home you've uh essentially crawled your way out of Costa Rica and you are going. see you later back home okay so what happens next and then tell us about how you sort of worked your way into your, your, your days as an author like was there long in between the two or what happened next
1: so actually, I wrote my book before all of this happened in Costa Rica, right? So I decided that when I first joined this company um, doing events, I always knew that I wanted to write a book, but I didn't know how, how to go about it. And one of the speakers, the gurus that I met on these stages at these events was actually a coach that helps people do all of this and get it published, right? So I was like, okay, great, fantastic. So I got him to help me out um, and to coach me on how to do this. And, but what I didn't expect is that I managed to write this entire book, have it all published within 30 days. I sat in my room nonstop and just started writing out this book. And this book is really a book about my experience, but I wanted to write it because it's a preventative measure. So there's so many different um, downfalls that I've had, and you know, parts of my life that were really, really dark. And I know there's so many people out there that go through similar things, have been in similar situations, and not know knowing how to really get out of these situations. I didn't know myself, and in some areas, I went down a real deep dark path and what was the what was
0: the book about and um what's it called and how can people find it now can you read it can they read it now or
1: yeah it's on amazon it's called never judge a book by its cover and it really is about my journey to success and i wrote this book with my heart on my sleeve and i just put it all out there i got so vulnerable like there's chapters in there that i was typing away at uh, i was crying as i was typing this out yep And so you can go onto Amazon, you can still get it on there. Um, But it really is to kind of inspire people, motivate people that no matter how dark your days are, there's always a way out. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but at the end of the day, you make the choice. It's not anybody's fault, anyone's decision, but yours. The reason why you're in a particular situation now or, you know, your life is showing up in a certain way is because of the decisions that you've made. Okay. And that's all, that's all on you. They're your choices that you've made. And so again, if you want to change that and if you're not happy with how your life is going, you make that choice to change
0: it. Fair enough. And And
1: it shows people that you can actually come out of these dark situations.
0: This is true. And what I'll do is I'll include, the correct spelling and a link in this this episode's bio so you can find the book. Um, so interesting bit of information here. So the book, book was so successful that Queen of England, Elizabeth herself, has a, has a, a copy in a private royal library and that you received a personalised letter from Her Majesty. Is that correct?
1: I did, yes, which was a shocker to me. Congratulations. Uh, got, sorry?
0: Congratulations. That's awesome.
1: Thank you. I mean, when I first got it, like, no word of a lie. I thought it was a prank, right? I'm like, no freaking way. Like, this isn't real. But when I started analyzing the paper itself and realized, okay, it's not just a normal plain A4 paper. It's actually embossed with the royal logo. And I'm like, okay, this seems legit. (laughs) Goosebumps, I'd imagine. Right? But the only thing that I was really annoyed about is that she spelled my name wrong. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that was, that's a bummer. she actually got my name wrong. Wasn't it um,
0: on the book? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she mustn't be. It so she, it's ironic. She's go, give, been given something to read and she didn't read the most important part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. But still, having that um, letter just sent to me from Buckingham Palace, I was just like over the moon. And plus, I was like, there's no one else that I know. Has their book in the private royal library? There's so many number one bestsellers out there, but this is the one thing that makes me stand out and makes me unique compared to a lot of other authors out there.
0: That's cool. I um, I tried to send her my book, 101 Sweet Puns, but uh, oh, yeah. all I, all I got back was "You're a dickhead," and it never even made it to the post office. So, <laughs> what? Uh, I was a bad. That's <laughs> a ter- terrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, and post your list of bona fides here I've got it in front of me. So I'm just scanning your matchmaker profile. So you've also won some awards in, in Canada for the, from the authority of an, an inspirational journey to success. So you've got the, like an incredible list of achievements and accomplishments in the, you know, in the author world. So congratulations. That sounds awesome. Thank and, you. Thank and, you so much. And
1: that was a crazy thing as well. So, um, I knew I was gonna launch my book, but I always had the idea that I'm from the UK. I'm gonna launch, have my book launch in the UK. And my coach actually said to me that if I decide to have this in Toronto, then he can and he will make this happen and have Bob Proctor and Dr. D Martini come to my book launch. Wow. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, but you need to make the decision having your book launch in Toronto. I was like, God, if they're going to be there, holy crap, yeah, let's just make it happen. Let's do it, right? And it was a, both of them that actually awarded me my award, um, Bob Procter and Dr. Dean Martini. And yeah, I mean, that was just like magic. I never expected that at all. So that was a pretty cool experience. And then I got to see Toronto as well.
0: Toronto is a gorgeous city. I, I went there in uh, Circa 17. I, I loved it. And I did a tour of the south uh, eastern part. So Quebec, Montreal, Niagara Falls. is was unreal. Right. So that's amazing. And look at you, Dame Dropping, like a champion.
1: <laughs> you know, I have to. Stop,
0: drop. As I said, stop, drop. No, you're on absolute fire. So that's awesome. And then from there, success led to time on television in the US as well. Uh, tell yeah, us about very- tell us about your time on Amazon Fire TV, Huffington, and you, you were in the Huffington Post. Tell us about some of the successes that you've had in the media as well.
1: Um, so I was actually invited by a friend of mine who actually recommended me for um, this interview on TV, and I'm like, was well, because. At that time when I was just starting up, I was like, "Interview me on TV, but why would they want to do that? Like, who am I, right? Like, nobody knows me. And she was like, yeah, but after you've been on the TV show, everyone's going to know you, right? And I'm like, this is a bit weird. So I was like, are you sure? You sure it's me that they want to actually speak with? It's not someone else that was mistaking it for somebody else or anything like that. And they're like, no. And so... I flew down to New York and was interviewed on TV and then was also invited to come back with a bunch of different entrepreneurial women to have like a, uh, a panel discussion,
0: How good. right? About good. Our
1: journeys. And that was just amazing, just listening for, to other you know, empowering women that have gone through their struggles and everyone's story is different. And so that was exciting, and then that led to being, you know, publicised on um, Amazon TV and Huffington Post, and uh, and the list goes on. And then even after that, I was asked to kind of write certain articles on business, on self-love, in magazines, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it just had um, a domino effect overall, which was amazing.
0: That's cool. So, you know, that obviously... What you've been doing was working. Everything you touch must have turned to gold, and that in turn—I wish
1: that was true. <laughs> it is because
0: you, it's what what you've done has led you here today. So if there's the highest honor you could achieve, it's uh, cracking a Mitch pun. So yeah. Oh,
1: there you go. Well, I feel privileged.
0: So uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to go far. <laughs>
1: oh, definitely. I'm I'm waiting for that. You know that um, million dollar level that well, I'm gonna get to because I've been homeless, right? So it's inevitable now.
0: Okay, well I hope that I hope by that logic it truly does happen for you.
1: I hope so. I mean that's my perspective. Let's see. And
0: if you that's become terrible. a millionaire I'll I'll take a case of beer. How's that sound? <laughs>
1: Say that again?
0: If you become a millionaire I'll take a case of beer. How's that sound?
1: Okay, perfect. Awesome. That's
0: a deal. Awesome. So up next what I wanted to ask you about was uh, your your charity work, Bali wise. Mm-hmm. um you tell us a bit about your time in indonesia um
1: oh my gosh so this like with most of everything that i've done in life this was just like a a, a last minute kind of decision i thought okay i'm just going to do this i'm going to move from the uk and go and live in bali and i told my parents like a week before i was going to move out that oh yeah guess what guys i'm moving out and they were like oh okay they thought i was gonna move up move out and live across the road or something you know up the road around the corner and i was like oh no I'm moving to Bali was this before like, was this but
0: was this before or after the book
1: this was after okay cool and so they were like what Bali first of all they were like wait hold on a second where is Bali right really <laughs> so everyone knows where Bali is and I was like okay I showed them a map and I was like it's there they're like oh my god it's on the other side of the world right and I was like yeah they're like okay how long are you gonna go there for I was like I don't know I don't Not got an end days whenever I might be there for two years, I might be there for 10 years. And so I decided to go over there again, just, you know, something that just was a whim and decided that we'll see how this goes. But I felt like I needed to come out from the city, from the Western world and go to a place where there's palm trees, sun, and coconuts and just an exotic place, right? Just to get a different perspective on things. And also to learn a lot about, because in Bali, you know, they're into the whole meditation, healing, and just kind of being at one with yourself and just like fripping all of that stuff out. Because I was like, okay, there's so many people out there that do this, that believe in this. Let me go find out what it's really all about. And so mm-hmm. Bali is really the hub of that. Yep. And so what I really kind of recognized there in Bali was that, first of all, people there have so much less stuff than we do in the Western world but they're the most happiest people on the planet, right? And just having the basic needs met, that they were just happy with that. And I lived on a place where it was like a farm, right? There's cows, there's chickens, there's, you know, dogs and cats and all this stuff, you know, all these things running around. And oh my God, some of the problems that I had were like proper third world country problems. I never thought I'd be running after a frog in my place to get it out. Like, who imagines that's going to happen, right? Australians. And, like, <laughs>
0: Australians it, do. <laughs> it,
1: it was crazy. And, like, me working at my table and all of a sudden I've got this huge mess on my laptop. I look up and the geckos peed and, like, pooped on my laptop, right? Like, it was, like, r- ridiculous things. that I never thought I'd be in a situation like that. But um, it made me realise a lot because, first of all, out of the uh, blue – I managed to start um, an English school and how that happened was that my landlady was telling me that she's going to send her son who's the oldest child, she's got a son and a daughter, I was going to send her son to English classes but she was telling me that her daughter, youngest kid, was so upset that she couldn't go and I was like well why can't she go, she goes that she can only afford to send one child. So I felt really bad and the daughter really, really wants to learn English. And so I said to her, you know what, why don't she come to mine an hour a day and I'll teach her English. And she was like, what well, really you'll do that? I was like, yeah, I've got no problems doing that. But what I didn't realize this little girl was going to do is tell all her neighbors, her cousins, her friends. And so all of a sudden, outside my house, I had from where it started, one child and teaching one child English, I had 12 people in my class, right, boys and girls. And that was pretty cool because I remember that they actually used to turn up at my doorstep an hour before with their books, their bags, their pens, ready to get started. And then you have people in the Western world who are trying to Sky school, trying to Skype classes, right, and just really don't realize how – you Know how much these other people in the third world countries, you know, really would love to be in a position that we are for education.
0: That's right. I've been to a lot of third world countries myself, and Bali is a pretty much like you know, you go to Bali, you'll see Australians, but well, when it's obviously not pandemic times, Australians will be everywhere, like in Kuda, place like this. It's like mm-hmm. uh, the, the go to holiday. But one of my favorite places uh, that I've traveled, that you know, the whole tropical island sort of set up was. people of fiji and there's an expression called fiji time and um we were lucky enough to go to a kava ceremony so for those of you who aren't familiar with what kava is it's a ground up muddy root that you drink out of this bowl and it's like a, a natural accent it's kind of like being body stoned and what the idea is it's to like welcome people it's 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 exciting and you know people with a quarter of what we have like huts minimal electricity you know have to raft out and catch the fish themselves and whatever like all these things and i think it's important to remember as you said to you have to just stop and sometimes just go you know what i'm fortunate enough to live in london sydney um toronto or new york or wherever it might be you know us formed western countries even though it's pandemic times or not you have to stop and think how fortunate you are could you imagine Cast your mind back to when you were a kid. Could you imagine being stuck in this pandemic in the 80s or 90s, where we didn't have access to technology like this?
1: Oh my gosh, we would
0: have struggled. And yeah. you look like you're about my age, so you know things like I remember when I was a kid. Things that were issues were be home by the time the street lights come on. You know, kids these days are like <laughs> oh, I haven't got enough likes in my video. Or you know, we used to play rugby league in the backyard, and if you didn't, if you broke your nose, you'd go get a tissue, wipe it off and keep going. Like things like that. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's, but in places like Bali, places like Fiji, like Vanuatu, they haven't had access for it all a lot to change a lot during that time. So to anyone out there who, you know, is getting caught up in the rat race going, oh, and I'm sick of my job and sick of this. Just stop and go, holy shit, I'm lucky to have my job. Yeah. I and mean, I'm lucky to have and you know, you've had opportunities to teach kids, which would have been extremely, extremely rewarding. You've had opportunities to collaborate with businesses in Costa Rica, the cost of getting out of here. That's a hashtag in there somewhere. You've had opportunities <laughs> to let us off the queen. You've had a chance to have your work recognized which is fantastic. And we're going to take things in a different direction for a second. So each week, this section of the show, it's one of the consistent things. Where we have a whinge, wine, or in Australia we call it a sook. So if you're a crybaby, you're a sook. And I was wondering, Kate, would you like to join me in having a bitchy with Mitchy?
1: Yeah, sure, let's do it.
0: So what the idea is that you take something that pisses you off, can be a day-to-day first world problem, which is ironic because we just spoke about yeah. <laughs> enjoying what we have, yeah. or it could be something that you've – um you know come across in your travels so is there something that comes to mind or now or do you need a second while i can come up with something then you can
1: something does come to mind it happens to me quite often okay let's hear it let's hear it um what really pisses me off is that i will take the time out to write an email right to go through everything pinpoint everything right give them instructions Put it all down there. And it takes me ages to write this out because I'm making sure i get every detail in there, right? Mm-hmm. So then I can send this off. They can go and do their part, and that's good. And then they come back to me and ask me a list of questions. All these questions have already been answered in the email that I sent previously, and clearly they haven't read it. Okay. That drives me absolutely <laughs> nuts. And that happens so often. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I, that, that's got to be fun. It's like refer to the email. That information was there. Oh, sorry. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Oh, it's um, it's like, there's an expression, it's like flogging a dead horse. Um, yes. Uh, that comes to mind. Yeah, that would suck. I, I've only had one office space role in my time. I used to work for a council, and I was a, a road and assets inspector. So what my job was to do was the, the people, the councillor would write in and say, there's an issue with the road, there's an issue with the drainage, whatever. And I'd have yeah. to go out, inspect it, repair it if I could. Get on with it. So this man sent in 60 something requests about an issue with his driveway. But I kept sending him the issue of the driveway is up to the tenant. It is not a council priority. If you are <laughs> responsible for the access, access and egress, oh and God. I would put the you know the piece of legislation to it, and just this went on for months. And my boss saw seen it. And he goes, Here's what you're gonna do. I'm gonna go out with you, and this is what we're gonna do, mate. It doesn't work like this, you are responsible. We are not touching it, okay? Or what? No, because and we just put the piece of legislation in his hand, mate. It states that you are responsible as the tenant of this. Anyway, long story short, he had the shits, so he (laughs) got it. But it put the end of the problem. And you just you feel like you read this and you go, oh. So I can relate to that totally.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I get someone nervous is when you send emails, you sign it off with your name, and then reply with your name completely misspelled. I've been (laughs) caught.
0: It's not hard to spell K. It's really not.
1: <laughs> no, but my see, my actual name is Kalpner, right? The okay. reason why you know me as K is because I completely changed my branding for that exact reason that no one can get my name right, no one can say it, no one can spell it, and so I shortened it down to K. And
0: us as the consumers, thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh now right. yeah, well, i feel like a dickhead
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. but um like yeah i mean that drives me mad but i mean it happens so often i mean the queen even did it so here we go <laughs> that
0: was fantastic so my my bitchy of the week was today i've gone down to mcdonald's to get a coffee for breakfast because i had a coffee and then i had a podcast booked in to do this morning with a gentleman from the u.s awesome mm. My bitchy of the week is bloody time zones. I so I was it was due to be 10 a.m. today's date, my time. I was ready. Sent him a message, he's like, "Oh, I had you down at uh, the at 10 a.m. my time." Oh, I'm so sorry, man. Oh, for goodness sake! Oh, good.
1: don't read their messages.
0: <laughs> no, I. But it's I, it, he sent to me 10. I confirmed it with him twice to make sure it was correct. And like, first of all, problem. Does
1: it make you feel like, like, is it even worth try- trying to, you know, speak to this person? Is like, well, if they can't even get that right, how much of what they're saying is actually true?
0: Well, I don't, it it absolutely, um, it hits you in the do I keep trying category. Do I is this person worth it? Um, you know, it's lucky I'm I'm pretty patient. I was like, no, it's man, that's fine. We'll try again later in the year. That's fine. But I find that especially doing this, time is absolutely. Critical cool. being a shift worker. I work at I volunteer at a local radio station too. I go I do powerlifting at the gym. It's lucky I'm single because if I wasn't, I wouldn't have time for all this stuff. But like um, so I said, look, we'll try again later in the year. Really, really eager to have him on because he's a comedian and I'm really keen to talk to him. But anyways, that's that's my bitchy of the week. Anyways. Another another one thing I wanted to ask you was could you tell us about the Uncensored Society and your works on online, yeah. please?
1: So Uncensored Society, again, like Matchmaker, people think it's like a porn site or something, right? It's not a porn site. It's really <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> it's really focusing. And I'm like, well, if that's what gets people drawn to the website, then I'm all for it. Let's have more people go in there, right? Need more traffic. But anyway... It's really you might get a, complained
0: complaint for a different reason. I,
1: know. <laughs> oh, but, um, I was like, okay, I want to build a business. I'm a business strategist, right? And I focus on five main pillars of business and that's sales, marketing, finance, operations, and leadership. Okay. And so what I realized is that there's a gap in the market. And where that gap is, is that, There's too many coaches and consultants out there that are too nicey-nicey, want to pat people, their clients on the back and tell them it's going to be okay. But it's not going to be okay unless they do something about it. And so having that person in your face, you know, keeping you accountable, making sure you're on track and you stay on track, and when you are screwing up, telling you that you're screwing up is what people need. And the reason why I say that is because, first of all, i have seen that people progress so much quicker when that happens and when they've got that sort of accountability. And number two, with all the different coaches and mentors that I've had, I have achieved so much more when I've had coaches do exactly that to me. I mean, I've had coaches tell me to get my head out of my ass, right, and actually go and, you know, do what I've got to go and do. And just like not holding anything back and just being genuine, authentic, and just being who you are and just being straight is what people need. And that's why the name Uncensored Society comes from.
0: That's cool. It's kind of like when you're at the gym, you have a gym trainer that kicks your ass and by doing so, you get more out of it. So in terms of the Uncensored Society, so if people were to rock up at your page, um, what sort of services do you offer? Um, Right.
1: Right. So my services that I offer are only application-based, which means that they have to physically reach out to me um, and we have to get on a conversation. The reason why it's application-based is because of the type of coaching I give to people. And with every single person, no doubt, you know, at some point I'm going to make you cry. It's going to happen. And so if you're going to be one of those people that, you know, want to sob about it and get annoyed about it, or if you just want to just crack on, and actually take on the information I'm telling you in the coaching and actually do something about it to get the results that you want, then great. But if you're going to be sobbing and getting, you know, annoyed or making up excuses and not actually put in the working then i do not want you part of the program or part of the uncensored society it's not for you go and find another coach i've just
0: thought of a marketing campaign so going to keep with the personal trainer category yes get rid of your online baggage and to get yourself the best physical feet feet you know content this is where you come there you go you see oh. i am an absolute genius when it comes to yeah. puns and
1: You are definitely. Have you always been
0: like that? Yeah, well, it it dates back to when I was a kid now. I don't know. I've always, this is why I like to do it unscripted. Like the the listener meets the guest at the same time if they're not my friend. And what the idea is, I like to go unscripted because I think I I explained to you by email or that page, is that it feels more natural. And I'm that quick-witted. Sometimes I'll say something, the brain will catch up and go, "Oh shit, you're you're kidding." And I don't know. I just, you know, that, that's it, it's it's made me funny. Like I, I genuinely enjoy making people giggle. Oh, well,
1: you and should think about doing um stand up comedy.
0: I would rather sit down. So like, you know, it's
1: <laughs>
0: when yeah, I, people keep saying that, but I, I don't I, I I prefer to do humor in this in this sense because I better leave some for the rest of them, I suppose. I'm Mitch Kelly. So I, oh
1: my goodness!
0: So, okay, awesome. So we're shedding the fat. We're getting rid of those gigabytes. One kilo.
1: <laughs> one
0: getting burning energy. One kilobyte at a time.
1: Oh my god! This is awesome.
0: I'm on. I'm in the zone. You are
1: on fire. You seriously are. And it's
0: twelve twenty-five a.m. You should see me after my morning coffee. Oof, cranky ass. Anyway. So.
1: Come to you if I'm like looking for a catchphrase or something like really catch. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna contact you and be like, right, this is what I need. What What'd what you suggest?
0: Well, there was a. I just had a guest, Elizabeth Crowder. She's a famous pet psychic there in London as well. And yeah. uh, her bitchy was, you know, I I was wearing a mask and people have been rude. Shopkeepers have been rude to me. Okay, huh. so, so I said, here's a few comebacks you could put them down with. It's not swearing. It's just ask them, excuse me. You know, someone's rich yet, so you say, Excuse me, how much do you get? How much do you earn? Or why is that? So clearly it's not enough for you to be professional. One. Number two was you are you are a human handbrake. Or well, what do you mean? You're just holding everyone back. And three, mm-hmm. you are just like gravity, because you're bringing us down with your negative energy. Wake up to yourself, kid uh, You see? Wow, you, these things I like work. That. These things work. So and doing this, you, you learn a little bit along the way. And Great. Speaking of podcasts, I see that you have one in the works. Could you tell us a little bit about the Uncensored Society podcast coming up? Yes.
1: Oh my goodness! So first of all, I gotta say to you that I decided to go. I decided that right. I gotta promote really hard, right? Really, really hard. Like wherever people go, they're gonna see me. Like it's gotta be, you know, that much of a promotion. And so what I decided to do is go on Matchmaker. And no word of a lie, the system that I put in place ended up working so freaking well that I had to hire Chester, right? And in two months, I managed to book myself on 100 different podcasts throughout this year. I'm getting close to you.
0: I'm I'm catching up. Sorry? I'm catching up to you slowly.
1: Oh, there you go. And so what's happened is that people have now been saying to me, well, why don't you have your own podcast? And I was like, actually, I don't. I don't know why I don't have my podcast. Okay, let's let's get that done. And so, the Uncensored Society podcast is really—it's got a twist to it. I don't want to say too much because I'm actually going to be—and you'll get an email as well because I want you to be one of my guests. Everyone that's given me the opportunity to be a guest on their podcast, I'm now paying that. Um, back to all the podcast hosts and going to be contacting every single one of those to be a guest of my podcast. There is going to be a twist. And again, it's going to be application based only. Um, and on this conversation that I'm going to have with you in the pre screening, is where everything is going to be revealed. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. It's like, oh, mine.
0: bring it on, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Which is why I don't want to say too much right now and just blow the whole cover but um, i'm really really excited and this platform is going to give so many different opportunities for people cool. uh, so i'm really excited it's going to be very raw real and relentless right we're gonna it's going to be straight talking we're not going to be beating around the bush it's going to be tips advice you know, guidance on, you know, any areas of business that you're struggling. It's going to be all business-based. And so most of the time there are going to be guests that come onto my podcast and they're going to be talking about certain aspects of business that they specialize in. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be able to learn an awful lot from this podcast. And it's so great because I've already got a hundred people that I've booked onto. That means those hundred people I've already got to get on my podcast, which means I don't need to be looking for anybody right now because I've already got a hundred people.
0: I've got I've just um, uh, actually one that sounds awesome when do we think when is when is release date have you got a release date yet or I
1: don't have a release date as of yet uh, like to be fair I wanted to launch this like yesterday okay right? <laughs> well can I and so the sooner the better but you will be getting emails um, sent to you very shortly to let you know so you can then get a call booked in and we can have a conversation
0: how good um so i'll provide links to that as well also a bit of advice from one podcaster to another is that and you, you know you, you see everyone do this is that connectivity connecting connecting people um networking is the most important thing because if you collaborate with someone and then later on so i i did two a two-part podcast with a guy named aaron Bohr. he's a london-based guy and he's got a podcast called In Your Element. Essentially, it's about like what I do. It's storytelling, but in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And he, I shared my story with him. It was flip. I was flipping hilarious and charming as always. He was handsome and a gracious host. And and then he came on mine. And then I was chanced I was charming, handsome, and funny. And he was a gracious guest. So you know, it just went on well. Anyways. Hooray. That worked out so well. He's a um, a software engineer. He wrote me a website for nothing. And wow. if you're listening, Aaron, can't thank you enough, champion. And uh, you, by all means, catch that chip in whenever you want it, please, chief, because I'll help you in any way, shape or form I can. But that's the idea behind it. It's, it's, it's collaborations. It's, you know, and even if you come across a guest that you think, oh, this person's going to be garbage, I don't want to, someone out there can resonate with the story. I've had, because, okay, I'll tell you a bit of a story. I mentioned before about Mastermind. Can I run this by you? See what you think?
1: Yes, go for it. Okay.
0: So this all started with a, a clairvoyant reading. It started at the end of last year, getting back on track. I've always wanted to work in the media. So come along with this little issue, this little project. And it started with my brother and it's grown from there. So I thought... Hmm. I'm going to try and get some traction here. I wore a, a onesie on national television on the Australian version oh, of Mastermind. So there's a scrubs theme podcast called fake doctors, real friends. And the actors that played Turk and JD on the show host it. Anyways, it was a fake doctors, real friends onesie. I've gone on it, the, the host, Mark Fennell showed it. It's going to go viral on his social medias. They got tagged in it that much Turk and JD that they then asked me to be on their show about three weeks later. So I've gone viral after I've appeared on their show. I topped the charts in wow. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud in my country, and then in the top 20 in the US and the UK. Oh and, all, my God. and that all came from just some bald dickhead hopping on television and making a fool of himself. Like, it's just, I'll send you the video, you will lose it in laughter. And oh But that doesn't happen unless you take the stand and then you – you dare to be different. Yeah. So, you know, and you've already got your content. So that this started off as relationships. And I was like, that's going to dwindle out pretty quickly. And then it developed in this storytelling. So as you'll learn heaps of stuff along the way. Yeah. And then as you get yeah. there, you'll be like, you know what? And you've already got a great follower. Like I started with nothing and I still don't know much. But the idea is to get traction and go. And, and I topped the charts with not much of a following. So imagine what you can do. I'm Mitch Kelly. Wow. <laughs> oh, <definitely. laughs> what a sign off line. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I mean, I am looking forward to it. I am so, so excited. It's going to blow people away completely. And I can't wait to see the expression on your face and every other podcast host out there when I tell them exactly what this podcast is about and how it's going down.
0: Alrighty, So people want to contact you. Where can they find you? Socials, websites, emails. How can they get on Oh, yeah. Before
1: we get to that point, I would like to ask you a question. Is Ooh. it okay if I give your audience a free gift? Yes. Awesome. You can. So what I've got on my website, um, that's uncensoredsociety.com. You'll see it on the screen at the top. There you go. Um, if they go there, I've got a mini program. It's called an ebook, but it is a mini program. You get worksheets and you've got a video of me actually explaining to you on how to put this together. Now, what this program really is is called Busy Versus Productivity. I have had so many people give me so many different excuses about them not having time to be able to actually commit and build their passion, their business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've created this to show people that, okay, let's actually get down on pen and paper what your long term and your short term goals are and then let's break down how you're using your time on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And what it does is actually gives you a complete revelation. And you realize, holy crap, you're telling yourself that you don't have time. But then when you actually look at how you use your time and you're actually using six hours a day to watch Netflix, I mean, that's not going to serve you or your business, right? How about cutting that down to maybe just watching I don't know, six hours in a week. And then seeing how much of that time is going to be more productive by you doing the things that you need to build your business for you and your family. And so these worksheets and the video itself will actually help you realize what your habits are, which ones are serving you, which ones aren't, and where you need to improve on and change.
0: Sounds awesome. And I just sent away my request.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't waste no time.
0: You see, maybe I don't need the course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: I just.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for signing up for my free tools to help you grow your business. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just sent that off, and it's a very very professional standing website and a very sorry very professional looking website and um easy to navigate so yeah guys go and check it out grab yourself a um or put yourself in the right direction to help you maximize your business and your punctuality and your um what's the word i'm after it's late here it's 12 36 if you want to be you know time savvy if you want to be productive i couldn't think of the word productive wow go me and if you want to make a difference and You've got some incredible biographies here about Kay and a gentleman. So tell us about Tim.
1: Oh, gosh. So Tim, first of all, started off as my mentor. Yep. He is one of those people. I mean, if you think I'm in your face, like, yeah, he, he just takes it to another level. However, I listen to him and I will take down his abuse as being <laughs> um, lessons to be learned. They're not actual abuse, even though people can take them on as that, because he makes multi-millions of dollars himself, Ooh. right? He's got companies, he's got properties, 200 properties all over the US. Well, he's he got could've. construction business. He does coaching, right? He coaches businesses, coaches individuals, like he's done it all. And so when I was telling him about Uncensored Society, he was like, holy crap, he goes, can I be your partner in this? And so I was like, holy crap, well, you want to be a partner with me? He was like, yeah, like everything that you're doing and what Uncensored Society stands for is exactly what I believe in. And so now he's actually been brought on as my business partner. And so on the podcast, you might hear him now and again on different episodes. It's going to be mainly me, but he will pop in now and again, just because he, I mean, you think I'm busy and I've got things going on. He's so much more busy than I am.
0: Cool. Oh, how, how good. Two experts for the price of one, and it doesn't cost you a dime. How good. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Once again, guys, check out the website, sign up for a brochure, get some video content, and uh, some knowledge will be coming your way very shortly. Now, Kay, is there anything else that you'd like to go over um, before we, we finish up? Can you mention, once again, your socials, your website, a way to contact you, anything else that we missed out on today, please?
1: Um anything else that we missed out on um I mean the only thing I can suggest to people is look if you're ready to get going and you actually want to make those changes and live a life that you know that you deserve and should be living then it's about taking action and start taking action now stop procrastinating and start stop finding excuses and just go for it right just jump I mean I wouldn't have got here where I have unless I took those risks Because I took those risks and yeah, okay, I ended up homeless, but look where I am now, right? And so you got to jump, just make it happen. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you just find a different path. But if you really, really want to start a business and having that, you know, a life that you desire and you want to be coached by someone like me, it's going to be tough. Then go ahead and contact me. Go onto my website, reach out to me, you know, fill out the form on the contact page let me know what you want to do, what your passions are, and then we can jump on a call.
0: you hear that, guys? If you want to be an entrepreneur, don't be caught having an entrepreneur. Get onto it. Get in contact with Kay. I'm Mitch, and I approve this podcast. So thank you for being a wonderful guest today. I appreciate your time because time is the one thing, is the one currency that you can exchange. And if you give some of your time i guarantee you guys that you will be successful i mean in this hour and a bit i know my knowledge base has grown because i know that i have a great adaptability to tell ridiculous puns and jokes once again further enhancing my own knowledge base but nah i'll include the correct spellings of the the uh, link to the the book i've got the websites get the the podcast coming up and um You know, for now, I might say thank you for hanging around for episode 39. And um, I'll see you on your pod.
1: Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me on your show. I do appreciate it. No worries.
0: Thanks, Kay. See ya.